staying committed to our marriage does not have to be a white knuckling mm. experience. Amen. Uh, God has called us to live in covenant with one another, and we don't have to sit in this idea that maybe we should have a backup plan. Maybe, you know, if it doesn't work, I feel like we're just having too many fights. I don't know that we're in love anymore. That's not the way that we're called to live in this covenant of marriage. So Amen. we're here to say it's time to burn the backup plan, burn the ships, burn the as ships. we'll say, as we'll say. Uh, and we will talk about what that means on the other side. Burn the boats, as they say. (laughs) Burn them down, all the way down to the depths of the sea, so that you have no backup plan. You have no, no. (laughs) Which could be a scary thing, I think, for some people, because depending on where you're at in your marriage, you might be thinking, maybe it's time to throw in the towel. And I'm watching this podcast, or I'm I'm listening to this podcast, I'm watching this video because I'm kind of at the end of myself. I don't know what else to do. How do we Mm. move forward in such a hard time in our marriage? And we're saying the first thing that you need to do is burn the ships, is yeah. burn that backup plan. So this is what gets me about this topic is that there's no couple stands at the altar yeah. on their wedding day and says, I do unless. No one says that. <laughs> I do <Because> no until. <laughs> one, I do unless you kind of, no one says that and no one would even overtly admit that even years into their marriage, yeah. or at least very few people would. But we live like it. And here's the thing. We're talking to Christian couples. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here we are. We say we, we, we submit ourselves to the authority of Scripture. We're going to let it tell us how to live our lives. It's radically countercultural, but that's what the Christian, that's what a faithful Christian does, mm-hmm. ideally. And no Christian thinks in their, it, consciously in their minds that they can kind of, they, at any point, they could back out of their marriage if they decide to. But subconsciously mm-hmm. i think a lot of christian couples kind of live with that in the in the back of their mind that it it's not really working so maybe there's a way out maybe there's another path right and by god's grace my my dad one of the things that he just pounded into my head as a young man was like marriage is until death until death do you part so when we got married at 20 and 21 years old i knew like this is it I'm going to die in this relationship. <laughs> That's what I thought to myself. So loving and so life-filled. You know, and I think it was a grace of God that I didn't have kind of the cognitive ability to understand like what, you know, 60 plus years of marriage would look like if God allows us to live to 80 plus. I didn't understand, but, you know, standing here, you know, we're almost 20 years into it now. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine having a marriage that had any backup plan mm. where I could just say, you know what? This is actually a little tougher. I'm going to get back on that ship and I'm going to go back out to sea. I'm going to find another find another maiden. I'm gonna <laughs> find another fair seafaring maiden. <laughs> Not possible. You're the only seafaring maiden for me. I think uh, the one of the big points we want to just start with today is that God is faithful to sustain you in your mm. relationship. Uh, wherever you are, whatever you're facing, Amen. he is faithful. He's given us his word as a guide, as instruction, as authority. Uh, mm. And this marriage covenant that he has allowed us to engage in with each other is is a way for us to experience freedom and Amen. to let go of the backup plans because the backup plans are are not his, his ideal plans. Uh, and we see that in the Bible. And we are going to continue... Uh, going through this conversation <laughs> after we yeah. talk about a few things. Hey, if you're listening to this on the on the podcast, on the audio side of things, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. It means the world to us. Mm-hmm. If you're not listening to this, if you're watching this on our 
revamped YouTube channel. First of all, welcome. <laughs> Thank you for watching. Yes. Uh, do share this, but also make sure you smash that subscribe button, <laughs> as the youngins say, um, and also like and do all that kind of stuff. Um, that would mean the world to us. If you want to partner with us on the audio side or on the video side, it all goes to the same place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to the friend. This is how we support our family. Uh, just go to fiercemarriage.com slash partner. We would be honored. It really is just about being on mission yeah. um, with couples that want to see the Christian vision for the household realized once again in our society. And that is what we are all about. Mm-hmm. So thank you for joining us. And by the way, no one, I want to make sure that we introduce ourselves. I'm Ryan and this is Selena. <laughs> okay. <laughs> should put little name things about or something <laughs> yeah. just in case or yeah. like the whole time pointing at that us. It won't be obnoxious won't at all. It won't be obnoxious at all. How are we going today? So no backup plan. There's no backup plan. So I think we kind of, we have tendencies and moments in our marriage mm. where this idea of having a backup plan sounds a little more appealing uh, than not. Uh, that would be kind of big life transitions, um, marriage, even the first couple years of marriage. That's a huge transition for people. Yeah. Um, having children, uh, changing of jobs and moving to a new location. We've seen a lot of people relocate as yeah. of late and that can take its toll on a marriage relationship, especially if you're moving into a new community where you may yeah. not know people. So you're saying those are moments when it's m- most tempting. When, when, I think most tempting. Okay. There it is. It's most tempting to engage. Hop on that ship. Yep. And try to go back. And what we're saying is like mm-hmm. in our minds, we have to just completely torch the thing. <laughs> completely just, again, demolish the backup plans. So yes. that's what we're talking about today. Okay. Yes. Good. So how do we begin kind of talking about this? If Because I mean, that would be very hurtful of me to be like, well, you know, I've been thinking about right. this, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you've, why have you been thinking about it? How long have you been thinking about this? What? Like that yeah. would be very you hurtful mean, and taking. That this might not work out. Yeah. That, that, w- of, that would take you off guard quite a bit and so i think as so couples that fall into that they never really grasped the full weight and the the weightiness of marriage as god designed it mm -hmm. okay a lot of couples will get into marriage and they'll think well we've been dating okay we we dated for three years we dated for whatever the time frame is and now it's just the next step okay and unfortunately (laughs) nowadays many couples will cohabitate long before they'll get married which is not Not you're not plan. doing yourselves a favor if you're cohabitate. Let's just the, the research is out. <laughs> if you want a relationship that lasts, you will not live together until after you're married. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's research. It's secular research, Christian research. Everybody says it. Uh, so that's that's a different conversation. But they'll they'll date. Most average couples will then move in with one another, and they'll say, "Well, I guess we this is a thing. So let's just get married because that's what they do in the movies. That's what my parents did. That's what we couples do. do. Yeah, and that's not how the Bible prescribes us to get married mm-hmm. married um marriage is covenantal mm-hmm. and so a lot of even christians again don't really grasp the depth of what a covenant is mm-hmm. uh, a covenantal relationship that god has chosen to relate to us as his people okay that in itself utter miracle that the god of the universe has said okay i am going to make myself known to you okay there's general revelation special revelation in scripture general revelation is we see god's kind of fingerprints on everything mm-hmm. we look at how the universe is designed we look at how physics work we look at how you know human development works from the embryo on outward uh, we look at all these things that just kind of show us wow there's a designer here but we don't know who he is right until we have this special revelation of who he is and that is what we get in scripture that's mm-hmm. what we get through the person and work of Jesus Christ that's mm-hmm. what we get through the prophets in the old testament that's how god revealed himself was through the prophets and so 
God has chosen to reveal himself, has chosen to relate to us. And the method by which he has chosen to relate to human beings is covenant. Mm -hmm. It is the mechanism that he's chosen to relate to us. And so it's no coincidence that God now said, now you relate to one another, not in every human relationship, but in your marriage human relationship, Mm -hmm. you are to relate to one another like I am chosen in a similar way, like I have chosen to relate to you. And that's through the mechanism of covenant. And covenant is so profound. And covenant, when we understand it, is the only, I think, the only way that Mm -hmm. we can really come to truly, by the grace of God, burn these ships in our hearts and say, I am utterly covenantally committed to you. Right. Regardless of... Covenantal is very eternal uh, in perspective, whereas contractual is very Mm. day-to-day, can be, Mm. is on the chopping block all the time, whereas covenant is... There's more breadth. There's more depth. There's more purpose. Mm. I love, uh, in I love that. you said that. It's eternal in perspective. I mm. want to be clear here. Covenantal marriage doesn't last eternally. Right. But it's eternal in perspective in that we see this as something that has eternal uh, weight, um, eternal implications. Yes. Yeah. And so it's not just about my here and now happiness. Yeah. It's about my glorifying God mm. into eternity. Um, and, and so, yeah. And diving into scripture, uh, we were looking at Mark 10 for this, Mm. talking about, uh, well, Jesus was being confronted by the Pharisees about divorce. Uh, That's a whole nother episode and conversation. But for the purpose of this conversation today, uh, they, they were asking like, you know, Moses permitted a man to write his wife's certificate of divorce and send her away. But Jesus told them, so Mark 10 verse five, Moses wrote, this commandment for you because of your hardness of heart. However, from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh, and they will no longer be two, but one flesh. Mm. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. Yeah, so when when a husband and wife, or a, a I guess a bride and a groom, mm-hmm. stand before God and witnesses, and this is taking on a modern expression i i doubt they had the types of weddings that we have nowadays back back in these you know biblical times the point is is there is something happening that's supernatural when that husband and wife or that bride and groom look at each other and say i am covenantally binding myself to you before god before our parents before our friends i'm making this covenantal commitment there's something that happens that is supernatural we talk Mm -hmm. about the consummation of marriage Mm -hmm. There's a sexual consummation of marriage that happens on a wedding night, ideally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also a a, a binding and a, a blending of mm-hmm. souls mm-hmm. in a really deep way that is uh, many many a theologian would say that it's it's un it's um, you can't undo it. Mm. It's just it, it's permanent. Mm-hmm. Even if you get divorced, that blending has not been undone. Right. And, and that's this, where some of the damage can come from. And that's another conversation, of course. But yeah. Uh, and this idea. So, you know, going back to not burning the ships, understanding that God brought you together. Right. Mm. And not that there's this soulmate or one person for, you know, oh, I hope I married my soulmate. Right. That is that is a myth. That's that's untrue. Ooh, that's so, a good video idea. Yeah, we'll the do myth that. Of the, the myth of the soulmate. We have yeah. talked about yeah. that. Um, the main idea that we want to engage in here is that God did bring you together and you are engaging. He's allowing you to engage in this covenant and this purpose. There's a bigger purpose for your marriage than just your happiness. Again, there's this idea of holiness. There's this idea of sanctification, but God has brought you to be together. And why, 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 why? 
uh, to experience his love mm. through another human being. Amen. Can you imagine? You said that. Hopefully that doesn't sound weird. Does that sound weird? That <laughs> might sound a little weird. No, I think we see it. Yeah, because think, you know me the most. We know each other the most mm-hmm. and the best. And we have that direct line to each other's hearts. And so being able to love in a deep and true and transparent way can only happen with you. Right. Yeah. And God. And it, well, it, it can only happen in a special way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's only experienced between husband and wife. Now we do have friendships right? that you experience kind of shadows of God's character through how they love you and yes. how they care for you. And, and that's the beautiful thing. Uh, of, well, that's the body of Christ, mm-hmm. right? The people of God being loving the way God has showed us in, in especially Paul's epistles. Well, you said something that was very, I think telling to me is you said uh, it's our marriage. Essentially, it's not just about our happiness. Right. right. And that many have written on that topic. Mm-hmm. Gary Thomas being probably the, the main author who's contributed that idea to the marriage space. But can you imagine if our marriage was just for your happiness? <laughs> like, would have been done a long time ago. <laughs> I know we say that, but I like we, we had a fight this morning. Like, let's just be honest. We had <laughs> we had a fight this morning and last night. And it was just like, we weren't really feeling it. Like we're both pretty unhappy with each other at that time. And (laughs) if I could, if I looked at my wife and said in that moment, oh, like strike five, (laughs) (laughs) we're done. This is just too much. Well, in 18 years, I mean, five strikes isn't too bad. Let's be honest. (laughs) Strike 20 million. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it would be, it would be so hopeless. That's my point. Right. Because you look at this person, you say, oh, you'd have times and you're like, oh, you complete me, right? That Jerry Maguire, you complete me. Nope. You are the, my soulmate. You are the. outside of Christ. There's <laughs> yeah. the truth, people. If, if I, we have those moments though, where we think, oh man, everything is great in our marriage. And then there's moments of despair. Yeah. And there's moments of like, just kind of pragmatic. I can see where this is going. And like, <laughs> if this is as good as it gets, if this is all there is to it. Kind of if those are questions that you're asking, though, I got to say, you got to flip the script on yourself because God has created marriage and we are here to say that he has created that, with yeah. so much purpose. And that's the whole point I'm trying to get to is yeah. that it is Christ's context that makes marriage so wonderful and so yeah. beautiful and so livable. Mm-hmm. Without it, I'm hopeless. Without him, I can say, wow, I not only am I experiencing a very tangible version of Christ's love through my wife, but I also know that I can do this unto his glory. Right. And that gives me just... That wells up within me a desire, a deeper desire to love you. Yeah. Again, when we are understanding the first thing that God brought you together, God brought us together, uh, there's eternal purpose in Mm -hmm. just that. It's easier to light that match and burn those ships, I think, when we understand Mm -hmm. the greater purpose and the creator who's behind our relationship and the purpose in it. Um, Mm -hmm. Also talking about, we mentioned talking about how we love each other. I think that we just did a video that you probably saw about what is love, right? Yeah. How do we define love? Uh, especially within a marriage covenant and a, yeah. the biblical, uh, perspective. And we talk about a lot about how to not, uh, love selfishly. I don't even know if you can love selfishly. If we've defined love a certain way, That's, can you yeah. actually love selfishly? No, like that it's just being purely selfish. So how are we loving one another in a selfless Mm. way and not seeking our own benefit? Because when we're seeking our own desires, uh, I want to save the ship. I don't want to light the match and burn that backup plan. Like I, Mm. but when I'm seeking to love you selflessly, to love you patiently, to not count all the wrongs against you, first Corinthians 13 lists out the products of love, I guess, or Mm -hmm. how, what love, the way of love, uh, the match is lit so much faster, right? To the ship. Does well, that make sense? 
yeah, and do check out that episode if you haven't yet, because we get into that a little bit more in more depth. But you're absolutely right, because when we look at love the way God looks at love, mm-hmm. we can't help but take our eyes off ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when we take our eyes off ourselves, we have two places to go when it comes to our relationships. We can look at God, mm-hmm. we can look at him as our perfect example of love and our perfect experience of love. Mm-hmm. And then I can now look to my wife or your spouse and yeah. I can say, I'm not just thinking of myself, what can I get from this? But now how can I love you? Mm. Because I have experienced and seen the love of God in Christ. And so, yeah, it does like that match because I can now take my eyes off myself and it completely disarms that desire to run away because now I'm just completely and utterly focused on you, Mm -hmm. which is, I mean, if you want to get to the root of it, there it is. (laughs) There it is. So far we've covered a little bit about how to preserve those ships and those backup plans. Not uh, in those terms, but that's what, not in those you know, terms, when we yet. try to... When uh, we try to... Well, we, we don't take our marriage covenant seriously. Uh, we see it more contractually, right. like, well, he did this, so I can... I got permission to do this. So I'm out, right? Hmm. Or to love <laughs> selfishly, which, I, again, I don't know how you can love selfishly if we've defined love yeah. as a selfless act. Um, and then how do we begin to fight the urge to keep our ships, right? Hmm. Yeah. So we've talked about, like I said, preserving the ships, but then there's always these, these moments that hit us that we just, we want to keep them. We want to keep, how do we continually fight against those? What are some ways that we can hmm. say, I'm not going to entertain this thought. I'm not. And what are the ships that we're, we're kind of falling back on? How would we, what would you identify those ships to be? I mean, things like addictions, I think can be like this not backup plan, but it's a place we might go instead of going to our spouse or instead of yeah. going to God. We, uh, talk, we talk about escapism. Escapism, um, yeah. We we ha- actually have an online marriage course. So we talked about it in there, this kind of escapism cycle and how it almost always inevitably spins out of control until the only real way to get out of the cycle is to either look to Christ or to get divorced. I mean, that's I'm saying it very brashly, but I think that's what you're talking about, yeah. escapism. Um so how do we, yeah, how do we keep from being tempted to not burn our ships is what you're saying. Praying. Yeah. So what does prayer do if it, it completely orients our hearts on the supremacy and the goodness and the, the glory of God? Right? If we're praying correctly, right? Because there are some, <laughs> yes. I think there's some wrong prayers out there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we pray. And so that, that's a posture of prayer. But then the specific prayers that we could take would be for God to work. In, mm. a, in our marriage yeah. God help if there's something that I'm blind to Lord help open my eyes yeah. soften my heart open my ears make me aware of ways that I am sinning being selfish or just being blind to how I can love my spouse better okay so praying for your marriage praying for yourself now praying for your spouse yeah. Selena's had moments many moments in our marriage where I you know like lots of guys you can kind of shut down and your heart starts to harden right you start to get these kind of encrusted layers of rock onto <laughs> the male heart and selena is at her wits end trying to to get through to my hard heart and her only recourse is to pray yeah. is to ask the god of creation to work to touch to just to, to penetrate right. my heart and you know what he does <laughs> he's, he's i can't chip away at it well You'll just get mad at the chipper <laughs> yeah i mean that's i think unfortunately doesn't... a lot of nagging wives yeah. that's what they're relegated to because they don't have a recourse for a husband's hard heart. Prayer now, goes to the core. 
gets to the inside. God will work supernaturally. A lot can be said by the husband who is humbled before God and praying. So like if you want to start cracking your, that hard shell around your heart, like the first thing you do is pray and say, God help my hard heart. I mean, that's the essence of repentance. I turn from that unbelief because I know that you're, you're, uh, you know, you're worthy of my belief. You're worthy of my submission. Mm. Um, so prayer, uh, praying about your, uh, your Mm -hmm. marriage, about yourself, your own heart, praying about your spouse yeah uh, what else kindness I think that goes overlooked we talk about friendship a lot in mm-hmm. marriage and I think a byproduct of friendship is kindness uh, to one another gentle assurance through your words I know that speaks volumes to me being thoughtful mm-hmm. or an intentional uh, in ways that you know your spouse will feel loved uh, and I think even giving in those moments of feeling like you want to give up that's the most important time and the prime time to be giving of that kindness because you don't want to and it goes against everything you're feeling Hmm. and they probably don't deserve it however what other model do we have but christ who Hmm. completely gave for us in moments that he i don't know i can't he probably had feelings of not wanting to go to a cross i imagine uh for people that were going to continually sin uh, and ask for repentance and grace but he did and we only have him as our model. And so I, I just encourage you in those moments where you don't want to be kind, you don't want to say that nice word, you don't want to be understanding, empathetic, or loving hmm. to do it. It's so hard when you don't want to. It's so if hard. Life was everything that we wanted. <laughs> when, when in your guts you feel like you're you know justified yeah. in, your, in your coldness, yes. that's when we need the Lord to work. So prayer, kindness, mm-hmm. and then fighting for purity. Yeah. So... I think addictions and impurity, sexual immorality, it it's it all creates this ocean for the the ship to want to sail out onto, right? <laughs> if that if that can be I like so. to think of the ocean as as indifferent. <laughs> okay. He likes <laughs> the oceans ocean. are wonderful. He likes the ocean. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oceans are not it evil, creates they... a space for the ship to exist. How about that? <laughs> It's the dock. It's the dock. The dock of no deceit. one likes the docks. <laughs> yeah. So, so you said sexual immorality. What does that include? Well, your thought life, your actions. Okay. Mm-hmm. If pornography is a consistent part of your life, uh, you are sexually immoral. Mm-hmm. Like that's, hear me. Okay. If pornography is a consistent part of your life, you are a sexually immoral person. Now there's grace for you and there's grace and there's freedom to be found in Christ. But I just, I think we've watered down that message for too long. Like, oh, it's a struggle. Like I've been a part of, you guys, I've been a part of dozens of men's groups, accountability groups, all those sorts of things. And it's always dealt with, but in a very watered down, non-confrontational, non-specific, non-vulnerable way. The truth is the truth. (laughs) When you, when you ask me, hey, how are you doing with your, with your struggles, brother? And they say, oh, it's hard. You know, I slipped up and fell once last week. Okay, we'll pray for you. Like, that's watering it down. Like, mm. th- what that man needs to hear, with grace, with love, with lots of compassion, is that you have sinned grievously against the God of the universe. You have sinned grievously against your wife. You need to repent, brother, because mm. you are a sexually immoral person. Mm. Like, we don't like if we start reading those scriptures and seeing ourselves in there. Then what does that do? That either that does one or two things. Yeah, it crushes us. Or it turns us to Christ. Mm-hmm. If we try to live under that weight by ourselves, we will be crushed. Right. But if we see the weight for what it is, and that's the thing is we can't we we trick ourselves into thinking that it's not actually weighty. Right. But we see it for what it is, and we say, "Oh, that is heavy," 
and my condemnation is secure <laughs> without help. I can, I, it's secure. Jesus, now, I need you. Jesus, please yes. help me. Now he is, if you are in Christ, you're positionally righteous. You are saved, but that sin is still, is still mm-hmm. festering. It needs to be rooted out. And that's our affections for Christ will make sin repulsive to us. Mm-hmm if we see sin for what it is. Right. So I, I just want to spend a little moment, a few moments on there. We'll probably talk about that again. At no, some I think point. that's key. I just want to add this final uh, piece to the fighting for purity. We've talked about praying. We've talked about kindness and friendship, fighting for purity, all of these things mm. that will help us burn the ship of a backup plan. Uh, but I think the biggest one um, that might go along with worship is just being in God's word consistently and in mm bulk (laughs) reading not just a passage like i mean not two verses reading chapters of the bible every day like soaking in it soaking in it reading it over getting on a reading plan it's life-changing and it's not about legalism or anything else but about knowing god and being able to allow Mm. his holy spirit the bible is alive it is it is his word go into hebrews it talks about the power of the word how can we begin to even try to burn a ship if we don't, A, know it exists, B, know that it's bad that it exists, and C, that we actually like mm. have a way out? You know, we have, to, we have to actually see that there is a way out before we can begin to light that match. And the word provides us, again, not with just this yeah. legalistic rules to follow. These are the commands and words and promises of God yeah. and the good news of the gospel laid out word for word. Amen. Um, another, I think really tact, tangible, tactical, practical thing <laughs> that you can do as a couple is you remove things out of your vocabulary. Mm. Uh, it's, I'm amazed at how harshly couples can speak to one another. Yeah. Um, the words that a husband can use against his wife, a daughter of the King, his bride, not the King's bride, but your bride husband a daughter of the king to call her some of the things I've heard husbands call their yeah, wives. I th- there's two there's name. I think there's name calling and threats. They'd probably fall under two okay. categories. And then yeah, threats, threats of, well, I'm going to leave or I'm just going to get a divorce. Like I'm yeah. going to file those papers, whatever the threat is. That's kind of the broken record mm-hmm. in your marriage. Like you have to consciously pluck those things out in the name of pr- preservation, in the name of saying these things are not on the table for us. You know, what is on the table for us reconciliation mm-hmm. you know what is on the table for us working through this mm-hmm. together and and if you can if you can agree to that okay, it takes two if both of you can look at one another and say we are never going to use the word divorce i'm never going to speak as if this is an optional thing right. that we're in um i think that's a huge first step if yeah. you can just get on the same page there yeah yeah and then consciously remove them from your language especially when you you want really badly mm-hmm. to to uh, begin using that language again because you're angry, you're hurt or whatever. Right. And obviously, ideally, you're not sinning against one another. <laughs> like you don't sin against one another too mm-hmm. is a huge thing too. Like just love one another well yeah. and with with all this kind of at the, as the backdrop and man, you're going to have a marriage and a, a life that is flourishing together. Yeah. So we're going to leave you with these two questions uh, for a couple's conversation challenge. Uh, first of all, where do you feel like you want to jump ship? Uh, I think maybe you guys can think about those separately and then come together and talk about them. You might be surprised. You probably won't be surprised (laughs) at the points of which you feel like you want to jump ship and what that looks like. Maybe it's just disconnecting. Maybe it's just Mm -hmm. giving each other the cold shoulder. Uh, But 
where do you feel like you want to jump ship and how has that looked for you in the past? Uh, and the second question, how can you both help each other burn each other's ships, I mm. guess, specifically? So if I know, yeah. you know, where where you're tempted, where you're feeling the pinch, where uh, you just want to kind of give up and shut down, then I can begin, we can talk about that and then I mm-hmm. can begin to recognize that and maybe by God's grace and the power of the Holy Spirit help you and encourage you in that. Yeah. I would, I'm going to add this little language to this. So if you said, where do we want to burn the ships? Look at that. Another way to identify that, if you're saying, well, I don't really know, like think of what time when you felt hopeless mm. in your marriage, when you've, husband, if you feel like the affections that you get from your wife are d- disingenuous or the times of intimacy are few and far between and you feel hopeless in that, you think I could find what I need somewhere else. Mm. Like, that's a temptation to burn, the sh- to, to, to get on the ship and, and sail away and sail away uh or wife you you mentioned this if you feel like you're, you're disconnected for a prolonged period of time yeah. your, your husband feels like he's more married to his job than he is to you right right that's a that's a a space of hopelessness mm-hmm. and so that's i think that would be an area where you're tempted to get on the boat and and sail out to sea somewhere else yeah and then i love that what you followed up with talk about that well why did how, how you, you felt hopeless in this other. area okay how can i help you i'm sorry for what I yeah, did in that. That's a good, help pe- yeah, that's good to own that part of own what you can. Yeah. Like don't, don't, don't pass the buck, like own what you can and, and do so before a gracious God mm-hmm. in a covenantal marriage. And wow, I can't imagine how yeah. your marriage will flourish as a result. You want to pray so, us out? Yeah. Lord, I pray for these couples watching, listening, hearing these words. Mm-hmm. I pray that you would um, bring them to life in their hearts. I pray for whatever uh, we said that it would be resonant, re- it would resonate with your truth, Lord, and not our own, but with your truth, Lord. I pray that these couples will be filled with a desire to love one another the way they're loved in you. And as a result, they would burn these ships so that their covenant can can thrive as it was designed as a lifelong union between husband and wife. Lord, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, this episode of the Fierce Marriage Show <laughs> is in the can. And it oh, is... <laughs> <laughs> you can't change the words after f- five years, <laughs> but uh, here we go. Okay, it's this, on to new, new, new horizons. New horizons. We've burned this ship, and we're on videos. <laughs> it's now. So this episode of the fierce marriage thing is in the can see you again in seven days. So until then, stay fierce.